long-acting reversible contraceptives, or LARCs, are endorsed by the college across age ranges as top line for contraception because they don't require any patient adherence to any protocols and they have very high efficacy. But one of the issues with LARCs is the unfavorable bleeding patterns associated with them. Well, in this podcast, we're going to cover a novel medical therapy that can address the unfavorable bleeding patterns with one kind of LARC, specifically Nexplanon or the Eternorgestrel implant. The source for this podcast is a publication that's not out in print yet, but is out as published ahead of print in obstetrics and gynecology. This is a randomized controlled trial with a lead author of Ellison Edelman. So we're going to review this novel study and this novel medical design next. Those who have followed me in the gin clinic know that I'm a big fan of larks, specifically the implant, because it's kind of fun to place and it's not a big deal to remove. Now, even though this podcast is going to focus on the eternogestrel implant or Nexplanon, this is not a specific endorsement for any one type of contraceptive option. Of course, as we've just stated, one of the issues with all progestin-only methods, or LARCs, is the unpredictable bleeding pattern, and that can affect patient satisfaction and their continuation rates. As I often tell patients experiencing this, any increase or any imbalance in estrogen or progesterone to throw that delicate equilibrium off will result in bleeding. For example, with PCOS, when there's too much estrogen, of course, that leads to a buildup of tissue and abnormal bleeding. And the same is true when there's too much progesterone. That atrophied endometrium leads to increased fragility of the endothelium of the vasculature at the endometrobasalis layer, and that leads to bleeding. So one of my go-tos for women who have bleeding with LARCs or Eternogestrol or Mirena or any of those progestin-only methods is a combination of NSAIDs and estrogen. I like conjugated equine estrogen at 2.5 milligrams BID for five to seven days to try to restore that balance. So I was kind of surprised when I read this randomized trial about the use of tamoxifen. How can the CIRM, a selective estrogen receptor modulator, help with eternogestrel-related bleeding? Well, it's very interesting and the results are somewhat surprising. So let's take a look at this in a little bit more detail. One of the reasons that clinicians get frustrated in managing these unpredictable bleeding patterns is because even though the CDC has some guidelines for management of these bleeding irregularities, these recommendations provide primarily expert opinion and aren't necessarily high-quality evidence. So as such, clinicians lack guidance for effective management of this problematic bleeding. Prior studies have demonstrated that tamoxifen, again, a selective estrogen receptor modulator, might be useful. Now, before this study that we're reviewing now, there are other publications that show that tamoxifen can be of value in this patient population. Simmons et al. found a clinically important reduction in the number of bleeding and spotting days in the first 30 days in patients who had abnormal bleeding with eternogestrol after receiving seven-day course of tamoxifen compared with placebo. And a prior study of tamoxifen in levonorgestrel wares also showed similar results. And there's also an additional benefit. 
In addition to stopping the bleed during the course of tamoxifen therapy, there seems to be a greater latency to recurrence of bleeding after tamoxifen compared to other medications like OCPs or conjugated equine estrogens that stop the bleed during use but then can have a bleeding recurrence shortly after discontinuation. This is a good place to stop in the podcast and review the mechanism of action of how tamoxifen actually even does this because it's actually kind of neat. Remember that breakthrough bleeding during the use of contraceptive implants or progestin-only methods likely occurs as a result of abnormal blood vessel development. New blood vessel development occurs in the endometrium during natural cycles and serves to support pregnancy. This neovascularization occurs primarily during the proliferative phase under estrogen regulation. Constant exposure to contraceptive concentrations of progesterone, however, downregulates estrogen and progesterone receptors in the endometrium. Now, there's two types of estrogen receptors that exist, and this is important. Estrogen receptor alpha and estrogen receptor beta. Most of the effects of estrogen in the reproductive tract are mediated by ER alpha, but the endothelial cells of the endometrium express only ER beta. Tamoxifen appears to inhibit endometrial angiogenesis by increasing the expression of the vascular endothelial growth factor receptor 1. What does that mean? Well, it means that tamoxifen is an antagonist for ER beta, but a partial agonist for ER alpha. So you get a better stabilization of the endometrial layer. All right, when we come back, we're going to highlight and summarize the methods of this study and their primary results. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Based on the previous data, the authors of this new study sought to further evaluate the potential use of tamoxifen as a management strategy for problematic implant bleeding, and this was designed to study the longevity of tamoxifen effect after its initial use of seven days. This study was a RCT out of Oregon and the University of Hawaii in Honolulu. Patients were recruited who were between the ages of 15 and 45 who were using the eternogestrel subdermal contraceptive implant for at least 30 days who met criteria for frequent or prolonged bleeding or spotting during that initial month. Now, participants who were younger than 18 years were consented in tandem with a parent or their guardian who co-signed the consent form. Exclusion criteria included being less than six months postpartum, less than six weeks post-abortion, currently breastfeeding, undiagnosed abnormal uterine bleeding that predated placement of the implant, or a bleeding disorder. Patients that were on anticoagulation, had active cervicitis, or a history of VTE were also excluded. Women with a history of breast or uterine malignancy were also not allowed to participate, nor were any patients that had an implant in place for longer than two and a half years. Lastly, participants agreed to not use any other hormonal therapy for management of bleeding during study participation, and they were required to do a six-week washout for other hormonal therapy before study enrollment. 
The study had two phases. The first was a randomized double-blind placebo-controlled trial over a 90-day reference period that started at the initiation of treatment in which women received tamoxifen 10 milligrams twice daily for seven days or an identical placebo. The second phase was an open-label phase over a second 90-day reference period in which participants in both study arms received tamoxifen. Now, after their initial seven days of medication in phase one, participants were given instructions that they could repeat the use of study medication every 30 days if they experienced three consecutive days or more of spotting or bleeding after the first and subsequent treatments. The primary outcome was a total number of consecutive amenorrhea days after the first treatment. From January 2017 to November 2018, 112 women were randomized. Of these 112, 107 began treatment, 104 completed treatment in phase 1, and 88 completed the 90 days full follow-up. 79 completed 180-day follow-up. Well, did it work? Let's do results and discussion next. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. After the first treatment, women randomized to tamoxifen experienced 9.8, or 10, more consecutive days of amenorrhea than the placebo group. Those in the tamoxifen group also experienced more total days of no bleeding in the first 90 days, and they also had a longer time to restart bleeding or spotting after their first treatment compared with placebo. Women remained consistently satisfied with their implant for contraception over the entire course of study. Satisfaction and acceptability of bleeding patterns was no different between treatment groups at baseline, markedly improved during the randomized portion of the study, with significantly higher satisfaction levels in the tamoxifen group compared with placebo after the initial treatment. Over the course of the study, 28 participants discontinued, 8 withdrew because they chose to have their implant removed, and this was 3 from the tamoxifen group and 5 from the placebo group. 4 participants, all from the tamoxifen group, discontinued because they were dissatisfied with the study drug, either because it was not helping, their bleeding improved, they had some side effect, or they stated some mood change, or they just wanted to try something different. Equal numbers found the study too difficult, one from each group, or cited other, which was six participants, as a reason for withdrawal. Two participants, both from the tamoxifen group, did not provide a reason for discontinuation. As we wrap this up, all in all, the authors found that the eternogestrel implant users who had frequent or prolonged bleeding benefited with a seven-day treatment of tamoxifen. Women taking tamoxifen experienced a prolonged reprieve from bleeding with more total consecutive days of amenorrhea after one treatment as well as more overall days of amenorrhea and fewer days of bleeding in a 90-day time reference period. Now, during the open-label phase, those women randomized to placebo who received active treatment with tamoxifen showed a similar level of improvement. 
women randomized to tamoxifen during the initial phase also reported higher satisfaction and a higher level of acceptability of their bleeding pattern with tamoxifen treatment. During the open-label phase, satisfaction with bleeding improved in the placebo group after these women commenced active tamoxifen treatment. So taken together, these results support a positive benefit of short seven days, repeated, which was patient-controlled but no more frequent than every 30 days, course of tamoxifen as a strategy to improve bleeding patterns during the use of the eternorgestrel implant. Now, there is a big weakness of this study, and we have to say this, so make sure we put this in perspective. In this study, participants were enrolled as early as 42 days after initiation of implant use with duration of implant use less than three months in nine women. Because bleeding patterns in the first 90 days do not predict later bleeding, some of these women would likely experience better bleeding profiles irrespective of treatment. In other words, it's likely that women that were recruited very early into the study may have just gotten better just with time because we know that rates of amenorrhea increase from insert to duration of use. So that's one potential red flag of the study, but the authors do mention that and have that in print. And as we bring this to a close, you should be thinking, look, I don't know if this bleeding is enough to expose women to a serum to tamoxifen, even though it's short use. Well, the risks of tamoxifen treatment with long-term continuation does include venous thromboembolism similar to other estrogens. However, these results and similar other studies that have used short courses of tamoxifen have shown no serious adverse events and high acceptability of this short use defined as seven days use of this medication. A prior study from the same research group documented that a seven-day course of tamoxifen does not interfere with the contraceptive effect of the implant either. And that brings us to a wrap. We have covered a new RCT that's not out in print yet, but is available as an article published ahead of print in the Green Journal. Tamoxifen, is it ready for the main stage? I don't know yet, but it's still good to know that there's yet another available option for helping these women that present with persistent and unpredictable bleeding with eternergestrol. Remember, a previous study showed that ulipristol in low dose can also help and also not affect contraceptive efficacy. Thanks for being part of our podcast family, and we'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls.